right, well, let's go ahead and get started then. So welcome, everybody, to the Enemy Slime Podcast. I'm your usual host, Jared. I'm joined today by Mr. Michael Mahoney. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? I have Mr. Doug Wilson. I'm here. I'm queer. Let's go. I have huh. Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. Coming at you from an undisclosed location. <laughs> Just like Edward Snowden. He's the, yes, exactly. He's the original Edward Snowden. God, I watched that movie and it was horrible. And as you may have just guessed just now, I also have Mr. J. Joseph Jr. Hey, Alexa, do my introduction for me. Sorry, I can't find the answer to the question I heard. That wasn't a question, you dumb bitch. Well, there goes Jay again, flaunting his wealth, letting us all know that he's uh, purchased the Amazon Echo. So, uh, a round of, <laughs> round of applause. <laughs> I didn't know I was flaunting my wealth. I just, I just, just want to see around. it in everybody's that. face, Jay. I can't I wanna, even afford beans. I just want to <laughs> clear up that my movie is going to be excellent. Because you're a drug addict, Doug. Don't worry, Doug. Well, Maybe someday you'll get some magic beans and you can throw them out the window. Crack. <laughs> sweet, sweet crack. So it's been a couple weeks since we've uh, been around. We took a, a short little breather last week and some things have happened since then. And I think maybe uh, we should start with the oldest news first, uh, which is Jay played Rise of the Tomb Raider. Yeah, I did. Finally. Um, Jay, how have you found Rise of the Tomb Raider? Well, I mean, I've had a raging heart on since I started playing it and it hasn't gone away. So you, yeah. so you is that, go to the doctor. I was going to say, is that related or is that just, uh, you know, uh, inc- I'm not entirely incidental. sure, but I should, I should probably go to the hospital. This is, this is just an incidental thing that's happening. It's so Viagra. I, so it happened like this. I, 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 I think I was talking to Lucy and Lucy was trying to sell me on Uncharted 4. No, it wasn't. No. I told you to get Rise of no, the Tomb Raider. No, no, no. This, is, this is my version of the story. Classic you Lucio. Your version is wrong. You get to tell yours later. <laughs> Lucio was trying to sell me on Uncharted 4. He was like, hey, dude, I got this thing. You got to try it. But I'm just going to give you a taste of it. The first taste is free. And he gave it to me, and then he didn't give me more. And he left me with terrible withdrawal symptoms. Um, but he, he was trying to tell me. I remember a few, like quite a few podcasts ago, we listed kind of everyone's thing. And I think the podcast determined my thing was Pirates. But I don't think that's true. I think my thing is Laura Croft. Um, because I liked every single Tomb Raider, including Angel of Darkness. I haven't hated a single one. And like everyone that comes after the next one in line just like floors me even more. So Rise of the Tomb Raider is really blowing my mind. And um, uh, I'm not like one of those black guys that always shouts at the television. But this time I'm one of those black guys that always shouts at the television. You're like, oh, Laura, uh, don't go in that room. Yeah. <laughs> Laura, don't do it. Don't do it, Laura. God damn, Laura. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was the conversation. Where, uh, Lucia was like, you know, you might like Uncharted 4. Uh, it's a lot better than the previous ones. You know, Nathan's likable now. And it's about pirates. And you love pirates. And Lucio did such a good job of selling me on Uncharted 4 that I opened Amazon. And I ordered Rises of the Tomb Raider. I believe the conversation went more like, I re- this is the one Uncharted that made me care about Nathan Drake. It's about pirates. But when I play it, I feel that it's fucking archaic after playing it after the rest of the Tomb Raider. That, that was, that was a, like a second half of it that happened later on. No, it wasn't. It was <laughs> yes, it was. Order. Yes, it was. Because you I told you, really, I told like, you, you if you had to choose between the two of them, you should get uh, Rise. Well, whatever. I got, I got Rise, and I'd rather see Laura Croft freezing her tits off uh, than, than Nathan go for um, Sucky Treasure. But I do like the Uncharted comparison to, to Tomb Raider and I don't I, I haven't compared Uncharted 4 yet straight up 
Um, but I was talking to a friend, and he called Tomb Raider an Uncharted-like. And I don't think that's fair, because one couldn't exist without the other. But I feel like mm. they have such different approaches to the content now that um, it's just not like a very... I, I feel like when, when uh, Uncharted kind of does spectacle, right? It's kind of spectacle for spectacle's sake. And it's more like an action movie. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like Nathan will drop from the fucking sky out of a cargo plane, right? And land on top of some crates and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, shit, my, rib, my ribs are through my heart now. And then he'll get up and he'll walk around and he's like perfectly fine, right? Um, Laura will like take a small tumble and she'll like crash into a branch and all that kind of stuff. And baby girl is like holding her ribs the whole way uh, through the area until like you get to the next one. And then she that's heals quick she, enough. That's because she's it, a weak little girl. Nathan's a man. <laughs> but I love that. Like, I, I love that. I love that Laura feels like a weak little girl. I love that she throws so much of her weight into like everything that she does. You sound um, really fucked up right now. Like, I love watching this chick get the shit kicked out of her. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> so wait, Jay. When that branch goes through her throat, I, I wish it was my dick. Oh, man. I get so hard whenever she gets impaled. At, at the end of like their, their treasure hunting excursion, does she get 75% less than Nathan Drake? <laughs> Actually, Laura, <laughs> usually, Laura usually doesn't wind up with treasure. So. That's no, true. Nathan. Yeah, that's true. I guess both of them have that. Uh, but the Nathan gets the treasure of love. Laura just gets nothing. <laughs> so, pretty, pretty severe ass whooping. Did you know? Did you know? Uh, so Rihanna Pratchett is leaving um, um, Crystal Dynamics. But did you know that she actually wanted the ending of Rise of the Tomb Raider to be darker than it already is? Like she basically wanted this to be like a Rogue One type, everyone dies it's kind of thing. Pretty hard to make it darker than it. It's a pretty dark game. I don't really. It's a pretty dark game, but she wanted to be even darker than that. We're talking like I don't know. I, I don't know if uh, Jay minds the spoilers, but I can tell you. I don't care. What, I, what I, is there a specific thing that happens? I don't even. I think well, everything, she, just, everything just she works out. She goes herself to the through the army of the undead. Uh-huh. Um. Then she climbs this ta- this tower that's falling apart because the two things are shocking. Yeah, the, the two armies are fighting. Uh, she finds the MacGuffin, and then she destroys it and he kills Jacob in the process. Jacob was the prophet along, as anybody who played twenty seconds of the game figured. Um, and then you know her mother-in-law is all whiny and shit because she's gonna die now, and then she gets shot in the face, and that's how the game ends. What about your Polynesian friend? What happens to him? He's fine. Okay, that's what I thought. Do they fuck? He just makes a mean uh, macaroni salad. No, but they should. But they're destined to just be friends forever because Laura's see, never see, thought about him in that me. way. That bugs me because he, he gets, because he gets uh, kidnapped and tortured, but he's arrested. Yeah, he gets kidnapped I, I and tortured like... for her, and she's still, you know, just Ooh. sorry. I've just I think that we're best as friends. <laughs> I, I You're like a like brother to me. Like, You're like, like a brother that. to me. Oh God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel I feel like that the lack of romance in video games is starting to bother me more and more. Like you have like these super close relationships, and then everyone's like, "Oh, let's not even hold hands." Like we're not in that kind of relationship. It's really starting to bug me. Yeah, no one ever like, holds hands like, in not... games. I've thought that for a long time. Yeah, how I'm come on, when I'm, I'm playing Final Fantasy 15, all my boys okay, are holding hands? With that's me. a lot. Of, that actually is a prime time <laughs> for hand holding. Come here, yeah. Prompto. Let's go skip in this field. <laughs> You remember, Final Fantasy XV really, like, had a really hard time pretending that they weren't fucking inside that tent. 
fuck. I, I'm like, I'm not saying I need like a Kratos jumping in the bed and fucking two broads at once. I'm just saying uh, I, need, I need like a, I need a little romance in my video games. We're like, we're getting so sexless now. He needs we're Kratos more to jump into more the bed. More sexless than New Yorkers. But he brings flowers. Mm. <laughs> just like he Come should. Here, baby. Anyway, Rise of the Tomb Raider, best Tomb Raider game ever. And I'm going to nominate it as my 2016 game of the year. I don't care if it came out in 2015. My 2016 game of the year. And nothing else gets to be on that list. Nothing else deserves to be on that list with Rise of the Tomb Raider. Put it in Jay's honorary game that's not qualified. No, but no it's the, it's the game qualified. of the year. It's the enemy sign game of the year. You guys had your chance last year, man. I put it right up there. In fact, I think it was my top game in 2015, if I remember right. Yeah, but no one else played it because no one else owns an Xbox One. Well, whose fault is that? That's everyone's fault but me. Well, that's Square Enix's fault. Square yeah, Enix. Square Enix's fault. Yeah, Square Enix they are in that group. When I said everyone else Square but me, that included Square Enix and Square President Enix. Obama, <laughs> and you guys and Microsoft. That's, thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama. Fucking assholes. Look, the Square Enix will spend a decade and 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 who knows how many dollars on Final Fantasy 15 to make sure that releases. But when it comes to Tomb Raider, let's like split up re- the release so like a fraction of the population plays it. And when it comes to Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, let's cut the game in half and force it to come out. You know, in this half is the time. this is a subject for another podcast. But I want to sit down one day and like try to find a scientific way to score, which is the stupidest game company <laughs> between Ubisoft, Square Enix, Capcom, Konami, and Nintendo. I mean, yeah, I feel like Konami's I feel like, winning pretty hard right now. I feel like Ubisoft at least tries. I feel like like this is like an exclusively Japanese company problem. Michael, explain them to us. Explain why that is. Um, I mean, fuck you, round eye devil. <laughs> yeah, that's, thank you. That's pretty much it. Um, actually, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, round eye devils, incompetent Japanese companies. Uh, we have probably the biggest piece of news from the last two weeks, which is we've finally received all of our details uh, surrounding the Nintendo Switch, or at least most of the details. There's still some stuff that's up in the air, things we don't know, uh, but I think we have a better picture of what the console is, how it works, and how it's going to function than we probably ever have. Uh, so why Can don't I talk we... about its main function? Its main function? What is that? Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy it. For three hundred dollars and take it out the packaging, and then you can cover a whole bunch of lube all over it, and then take off your pants and then you can throw it away. Oh, you New Yorkers really don't know how to have sex. Yeah, you guys have really got this <laughs> <laughs> fucked up here. Because um, I mean, those Joy Cons are gonna fit right in your butt. <laughs> no problem. It'll feel like your butt has ice cream right? Yeah, they vibrate. Oh, they don't just vibrate, they Lucio. They, they have HD Rumble. You fucking idiot. Gosh. You know what? I didn't. I didn't. I, I. I didn't realize it before, but Joy-Con does look like a mini vibrator. Well, they're ready for you. So that's my why. Why are they called Joy-Cons? Uh, I think it's a combination of joystick and controller, but I also think it's meant to represent the joy you feel when you hold them in your hands. Um, there must are be... there different levels of Joy-Con? There like, must... is there like a Joy-Con for? I wonder who the fucking like manager who came up with a shit like 
how far up his ass was he when he did it? So let's let's backtrack and and kind of review to those who didn't watch the reveal. I mean, you, I, I assume everyone has a pretty good idea of what the system is, but if for whatever reason oh, you're not system? you're not in the know here, this is uh, it is indeed a console. As we already know, it's uh, it's a screen based system that you can dock to your television. Uh, docking it does up its processing power so you'll get better performance while you're hooked up to a TV, but <laughs> you can take uh, you can take games with you now uh, at, at your leisure, pretty much. Uh, it's relatively underpowered, uh, presumably, well, we know it's more powerful than the Wii U. Uh, if you look at Breath of the Wild footage, it's objectively better on the Switch, um, but it is uh, certainly not even close to the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, which means that we're treading into familiar territory here with Nintendo, where a gimmick is going to trump uh, third-party support. Um, the question really to be answered is just whether or not this particular gimmick is worth that. Uh, because for the Wii U, it was not, but many would tell you that for the Wii, it was. People I, I disagree with that. I would yeah, disagree I mean, that for the Wii, it was. <laughs> I, I mean, we may not necessarily think so, but for all intents and purposes, the Wii was a wildly successful system. So Yeah, and that's true. And I remember staying in the freezing cold in March online in Toys R Us to get like some of their limited edition stock of the week. Well, and that was the last time I ever bothered with a Nintendo console. I mean, I remember a pretty special feeling the first time I, I took it home and played Wii Sports and like swung the tennis racket and it really worked. And like the magic disappears once you've used it enough and realize just how limited the motion controls were. Right. And, and that's, that's like that's like the big issue for me. It's like um, I, I feel like it was great at first, like you said, for like Wii Sports and shit. But when the fighting games started coming out, like Tatsunoko versus Capcom, and uh, when you had like more complex games, like Shattered Memories, it began to dawn on you just how fucked up the system was. And I think even I think even Red Steel, pretty much like you, that's a launch title. Like you could literally play like a few minutes of of uh, Wii Sports and then put in Red Steel and immediately see like the exact opposite experience. This like frustrating, right. obnoxious, doesn't work well. Uh, so I mean, it, it was a little bit of everything. So. Again, at the very least, this is, I don't know, there's there's a lot going on here. So maybe we should start with the controllers and uh, talk about those. Um, <laughs> so the, the Joy-Cons themselves actually have quite a bit of tech in them from, from what it seems. And Nintendo has not been shy about asking for quite a bit of money for them as well. Uh, a set of the controllers will set you back $80, which is... Yep. Crazy, and it's worth noting that they're not the same. You're gonna get two in the box, but the left controller is gonna, you know, have a different button arrangement, and the right controller is the one that actually has the NFC chip in it. So, uh, one of the one of the controllers does not have NFC in it, um, and like I said, the the layouts are a little different. So that's, that's weird. Why why does one not have the NFC? I guess just because fuck you, Jay. That's why. Presumably because uh, they could hey. save some money that way. Um, yeah. there's, there's no, there's no reason why you need to scan an amiibo on both sides. Of That's the, a good point. At least I hope there's not a reason. Maybe there is. And we're, <laughs> we're in for oh. real trouble. I mean, it's just, it has it to just be seems, a different amiibo. It seems really weird because like in, in all 200 toys for life that I played, uh, you know, they're pretty liberal with the NFC scanning. You could stick that shit anywhere; it's fine. And then this one's yeah, like—I I doubt it was a super uh, expensive edition, but for whatever reason, why uh, not just put it on the actual console? 
like on the actual thingy. Because hey, you I, shut I up. Think, no, Why do you want Nintendo to be successful? The theory, as I see it, is when you're when you're docked. I don't think you want to be like getting up and tapping your your toys to the uh, system in the dock all the time. Uh, at least I wouldn't imagine. I don't think. I think if you're the kind of person who has a lot of toys to life, you're also probably the kind of person who doesn't like to stand up. Very. Much. <laughs> I mean, you're you're like. I, yeah, well, Jay, why that. don't you answer that question? <laughs> I mean, no, he's right. I mean, uh, the, and, but, and the, um, sending, the dimensions, yeah. <laughs> the Lego Dimensions portal and the, the, the Disney Infinity portal, they have like these super long cords. So I don't have to get my ass out of bed or my futon or wherever I am. See, exactly. He, out of your rascal. <laughs> Fair enough. Out of his, he doesn't Fair have enough. to get up out and, of his rascal. And I've gained, I've gained quite a bit of, of weight since I've gotten these toys. <laughs> See, it's that sedentary lifestyle. So, I mean, really, with the way Nintendo is, I suppose they should have put it on the dock because they're all about making you get up and, like, oh, do shit. fitness and, yeah. Yeah, so, really, that actually would have made more sense. Uh, the other thing that they include is the HD rumble feature, which we can't really comment on because none of us have had a chance to uh, experience it. But my understanding is it's kind of a... Uh, Stupid? I mean, I don't really know that you can make that claim yet. You don't, you don't I know. Can't. I can't. It's stupid. So what, what exactly is high definition about the rumbling? Uh, basically, you can you can feel it. Their, their example that they use in the video is that, uh, say you were to hold a glass with like an ice cube in it, you would be able to feel whether or not you have one, two, or three ice cubes you know, up in, in the glass, basically. Um, and, I mean, we don't really know how they're going to use this yet, but presumably that'll come into play most with their, their flagship uh, launch title. Well, maybe not flagship. Ice Cube Man. Uh, no, 64. they have uh, one two switch, which all oh, right, I forgot uh, about it. Is a collection of mini games that are sure to show off. Uh, you know what exactly the hardware can actually do. You know, um, but I and, saw and, that, and, and, and I got like fucking PTSD from like the Wii reveal. Well, and, and, and look, every once in a while, Nintendo, you know, sometimes they pretend girls don't exist, and other times uh, they're super knowledgeable of it. And Nintendo this time is introducing a game for the Switch called uh, Ladies You Don't Need No Man. And then that's when the HD Rumble will really be useful. <laughs> Man, that is, uh, that is a dated joke. <laughs> We're going back to the Wii again. Yes, they are vibrators, though. Uh, <laughs> um, have you guys are ever... going to sell a cool, like, like wrapper that like the, the we got so to make sure you don't ruin it when you stick it up something. I, I well, hope. we didn't get we didn't get a. Oh shit! Um, God, I can't remember this guy's name. Who's the guy that advertised the shit out of the Wii U? Who's that guy? The black oh, guy. We Wayne Brady. You. That was Wayne. Wayne Brady. Brady. Yeah, yeah, Wayne Brady. Yeah, we need to bring um, him back. We need to bring him back. So uh, just some other notes about the Joy-Con. The, the, the big mysteries kind of are um, in how they charge, I guess, uh, because they have to be attached to the system to charge. There's also a, a dock that you can buy specifically for it. And then there's also a charging grip that you can buy. Uh, and the grip actually, I, I think the grip comes with the console uh, and it has like a USB-C port or something along those lines in it so that you can charge it. Uh, actually, one good step for Nintendo is they've standardized their ports across the board, so it uh, e even the base console is a USB Type C. Um, so that's good, at least. You're, you're Holy shit! Who like what? 
How did that happen? How did that happen? Uh, another kind of nice th- uh, change that they've made is uh, the console is region free now. So you'll be able to in- oh, import Japanese games or European games or, you know, do whatever see, you want with it. See, this is the thing about Nintendo because like they do like two or three good things and then the rest of it is a load of bullshit. But you know what it is? <laughs> you know what it feels like to me? What does it, it feel like It feels like, like that, 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 that only people who watch Lost still get this joke. Remember the guy who's like time unstuck? So yeah. He's on all these multiple timelines at once. That's what Nintendo feels like. Like it feels like sometimes they're catching up to the technology of the time, but then all their other technology is so fucking dated. It's like they're slowly entering into the future. Yeah, um, but then at the same time they're also like pulling back. That's true too. Like like it's so weird. Um, you know, it's like and Lucio, I think this actually reminds me of another good question that you brought up with the Switch announcement. Why doesn't Nintendo just release its entire retro library? It makes so much know, fucking man. money. Well, they, they're they're like they're sitting money. on a fucking like in the biggest like gold mine ever. Like just by how people wanted the Switch, they just like they have like two hundred games in the wheeled virtual store. It's like fuck, dude. I, I I want to justify buying a Switch because I missed the Wii U, and then by the time I was about ready to come around to the Wii U, um, uh, Squidbillies and all that other shit was out, and and then Nintendo like pulled support a bit and announced, and we're like, oh, we're gonna work on something else. And with Switch, I want to play Xenoblade Chronicles X, and I want to play Breath of the Wild. Um, but it's like every console generation, they do this. They have like two or three games I can get excited about, but that's not enough to justify me buying the console. And I know had I gotten a Wii U, I would have been pissed off at like, how quickly they pulled support and how uh, they were already like transferred to a new system. I know that would have just anchored me. So I, I feel like if they did something like release that retro library, then I could be like, okay, now I can jump on this. Now I have a reason to get it. I mean, they're they're uh, doing the virtual console stuff again, so uh, a lot of that stuff will make an appearance. No, but what I, what I mean, generally, is that they release just a few titles every year, and yeah, you exactly. Know, they, they and you don't know what you're going to get, and all that kind of stuff. You don't know what you're going to get, and then different systems have different libraries for it. So because like in the 3ds, you can play some. In the new 3ds, you can play a completely different library. Yep. In the Wii, you can play a different library than you can on the Wii U. Yeah, it's yeah. a fucking clusterfuck. It's like yeah. just fucking release like the whole thing. Just like, do if it. I want to play just like Run for the SNES, I should be able to. If I want to waste my money on something like Balloon Fight, you know, <laughs> just fucking let me. Uh, I want to give you my money, and I'm sure Balloon Fight is coming. I, <laughs> I think Balloon Fight is already there, but you get my point. Like there were bad games on on the NES, I get it, but just fucking put it there. Who cares? It's not like you're losing. It's fucking ROM. Yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's not, you have it's it. not a ton of work, so it it is curious um, how they how they protect it. I don't know. It's kind of like the um... and and this kind of like sucks me a bit to like the online stuff because they want to pay. They want you to pay X amount of money because I haven't announced how much yet. Oh for yeah, you I to forgot be able about to that download to, first to play online. So fuck uh, Squid Kids too. Um, but then. Um, they want you to. They will let you download like either an S, NES game or an SNES game a month, and then at the end of the month is gone. And I'm like, that's fucking why. <laughs> and, I, and I'm, I'm sorry. This, this, this freaking launch list is like awful. There's only one thing to support, but we're gonna like World of Goo, I am Satsuna, uh, the Binding of Isaac, Afterbirth. Like I shouldn't 
be buying a console that I can just get on Steam in five seconds. Well, true to a point, but keep in mind that you would uh, essentially have all those games on a handheld. I don't know the world of Goose really one, but like I think Binding of Isaac is actually probably a pretty nice uh, game to have on the Switch. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with the, I, I, I agree that it's like something that would be nice on the console, but Binding of Isaac is one of those things that's had like so many releases and so many versions now that um, yeah, and yet, for whatever reason, people keep percent. playing it. Like, I don't know. I don't well, understand well, it either. Well, let's ask Lucio. He's right like the biggest Binding of Isaac fan. Would you, would, would, the ap- would Afterbirth be enough to make you jump on the Switch? Not really, because the way that the progression works, you kind of want to do your play gaming on one platform. Well, right, right. But I'm, you know, uh, in a scenario where you haven't. So, for example, uh, Stardew Valley. I'm going to very um, intentionally not play that until the Switch version comes out because... I think having that game on a mobile platform that I can also hook up to my TV okay. sounds pretty awesome, actually. Uh, okay, I agree with you on that one. And so, like, uh, that's that's something where I can see the value there. Uh, but yeah, there's not a lot uh, out for launch. I think they have uh, one two switch, which really, and every this has been said a million times already, but re- really should have been a pack in. Um, you you want a piece of software to come with the console. You want something that's especially because they're trying to basically demonstrate functionality. Like that's the whole purpose of One Two Switch. It's just a collection of mini games that shows you what the controllers can do, what the console can do, and um, the Wii U. That was one of the really smart things that they did was they packed in Nintendo Land, which is a game no one would buy separately. Like you would never do. Yeah, that. I've been wondering is there, is anybody going to bother buying One Two Switch? I'll, I'll check it out. Um, of course you will. I'll check it out. Uh, <laughs> anybody besides well, I, I do. I do have to say, some, some of these other launch titles, um, I am very, very paranoid when um, games get a sequel in a relatively short um, window. And I'm mostly talking about Squidbillies 2 and, and uh, Xenosaga Chronicles 2. <laughs> I mean, Squid Kids 2 is probably going to just be like... I think it'll be more expanded. I mean, it's going to be like the first one. And it'll probably yeah. just have like a few more you know, stages. And, it's going to be yeah. new maps. And a, a, a new story, uh, air quotations. And, you know, um, but that's why they, they pulled support of like uh, of the first Squid Bullies. And, right. and um, so I don't know, it just what the hell are you talking about? So they're, they're trying to say Splatoon, but they're uh, failing. Oh, so, oh, but, um, yeah. so there's two things going on here, right? First off is, after Splatoon 1, do you really trust them to keep supporting Splatoon 2 for a long time? Exactly. I mean, Splatoon 1 and... still plays. I don't know why you guys act like that game just like doesn't work anymore all of a sudden. <laughs> like You can well, play it's, Splatoon it's because, right it's now. The, the, the support like the support is pretty important for keeping a game like that alive. And um, when, when they like suck the support from it, then the, the community starts to die off. You know, and then there's like kind of like I I'm sure you can find matches still. Yeah, I'm I sure there are people can. playing it, but it's, it's a like, best, you know, it's a bestseller, find... Jay. In fact, last I remember, it was going to be the bestest seller. Well, <laughs> that was before I knew Nintendo would like pull the plug on it early. That's like aborting in the third trimester. Uh, it's like awesome, <laughs> good idea. Uh, and like I I, I I made that bet. I did not foresee Nintendo's stupidity and ignorance. And yeah, okay, I owe you a hundred dollars, but um, well, not yet. You uh, still you have until March first, March third. So. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I owe you a hundred dollars, um, but I also think that 
uh, Nintendo sabotaged it themselves. Like I didn't, I, I could not foresee that coming. Just like Square Enix sabotaged Tomb Raider. It's just what Japanese companies do. They like sabotaging their video games. I don't know why. I mean, again, like it I said, a, it takes a lot longer to get to find a match in Splatoon nowadays than it did, like even just two months ago. Does it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't know because I didn't buy it because I didn't want to contribute oh. to Jay's. Okay. So what? Are you... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So like, one copy could have made the difference. Hey, wouldn't that fucking suck if it did? <laughs> I'd look like a real idiot because then I spent $160 instead of 60 <laughs> On a game you didn't even want. On a game that didn't even look that good. Don't get me um, wrong. I like that there's kids who turn into squids. That's part, that part is good. But yeah, you're, that was, That's what makes me the angriest of all. Um, the other... so And again, that's not even a launch title. The only stuff that's going to be available on launch day, the only like boxed physical games, as far as I can tell, are Breath of the Wild and 1-2-Switch. Uh, Arms is coming out like later that month, uh, as well as Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which looks like they fixed a lot of things that are wrong with Mario Kart 8. So that's good in in a sense. Um, sense. In a sense, I don't. I I wouldn't pick it up again. But if you if you miss the Wii U, uh, you could do a lot worse than getting a copy of Mario Kart 8. Like that's yeah, actually Mario Kart is good. It's probably the best game on the Wii U. Like that's not a bad uh, not a bad win as far as people who skip that system. And I think Nintendo knows that a lot of people uh, might potentially come back to the fold. So I think I think that's part of why they're doing that. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw some kind of Splatoon remaster or something like that as well. I, mean, I feel like that's just, that's just what Splatoon 2 is going to be. I think it's just going to be a remaster. Practically. <laughs> With 2 in the title. Like, oh yeah, this is part 2. It doesn't look like exactly the same thing. Uh, while, we're on the, while we're on the subject of well, software, we may as well mention uh, what I think is the best thing to come out of this, which is Puyo Puyo Tetris. Uh, is, oh, I thought you were going to say Sonic Mania. No, Puyo Puyo Tetris is being localized for the United States, which I thought would never happen in a million years because uh, the people who own Tetris in the U.S. are not the same people who own Tetris in Japan, and they've never been able to really agree on how to actually release it here. So I think I think it's EA. I think EA owns Tetris uh, in in the U.S., but somehow Puyo Puyo Tetris is coming out and it's been localized and it's being published by Sega. I don't know what kind of dark gods have worked for this to happen, but <laughs> I, I was convinced the game had never come out here. So I actually have the Japanese version on the Xbox One. And um, so I'm actually really psyched to play that game in English because it's an incredible, it's the, it's the best Tetris game you'll ever play in your life. Like, guarantee it. Right, that's, that, that, that's true. Uh, I just, I just, I mean, what, what is the price point on these video games? That's my question. Uh, 60 bucks. 60, one, two switch is 50. Uh, I don't know if ARMS oh, is Oh, wow, what title. a fucking cut. Uh, I'm sure Puyo Puyo What Puyo a Tetris. generosity. Puyo Puyo is like uh, probably 40, something like that, I would imagine. <laughs> I feel like, I, I feel like Nintendo disappointed me a long time ago. I feel like Lucio sounds actually personally appended there. I'm just kind of... <laughs> Being hyperbolic. I think at some point you're just being mad to be mad. Like, I don't understand where, like, the game is $60. I can't believe it. Like, how dare they? I mean, it's been that way for a while, man. Like, it's. But see, that's the the reason I asked that question. And I want to know, like, I, I, because I honestly don't know. Um, 
is Nintendo going to have like a variable pricing plan? So is like is like uh, uh, Binding of Isaac going to cost me less than Splatoon Two, or is it? Well, yeah, yeah. I be, mean, th- those are all going to be like the image uh, will have. Yeah, those are all going to be online shop titles. So you're not. Gonna, oh, I got you. You're not going to pay sixty dollars for I am Satsuna. Like there, I might have to pay sixty dollars for I am Satsuna because Square Enix honestly thinks it's worth a lot. Oh well, yeah, I mean, and it isn't. I suppose that's possible. <laughs> But uh, theoretically, I mean, we're looking at pretty much status quo as far as games and pricing goes. Like, I, I, I might see one two switch being overpriced. Um, I, we don't know. We don't even really know what the hell's in it. We just know it's a collection of of games. Like, that's it. I don't know. I, 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 I feel like this is like <laughs> the, the 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 sparsest, least exciting, least thrilling Nintendo launch lineup ever. So, like at least at least with Wii U, I wanted to play like Zombie U. Like at least I had that. And there's like Breath of the Wild, and that's cool. Uh, and Breath of the Wild actually does look really good. Like it's really really hard to be mad at Zelda games. Like Zelda games are pretty. I would say Zelda games like the most consistent video games ever because like even a bad Zelda game is still a pretty decent game in general. Um, but everything else, I'm like, oh god. <laughs> ah, but- so. I mean, let, let me talk about the, the, the other weird thing that they're doing. Like, what the fuck is with the phone app for voice chat? Okay, now that that I'm going to give you uh, because that is objectively like the worst thing I've ever heard. So to anybody who doesn't know, uh, not only is Nintendo going to expect you to pay some kind of fee for online, uh, but they are not including a microphone or microphone functionality in the Switch. Instead, when you wish to do voice chat... Uh, with your with your pals over the internet, they expect you to use a uh, Bluetooth headset with your cell phone and uh, oh, lo- load up the Nintendo app. And why the fuck would you do that when we have Skype and Discord and a million better programs that will surely work they, better? They, they want to get in on that Alexa game. Like, I don't fucking understand what 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 the fuck, man. No, that's Why? A, I, I'm with you there. That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. Like, make a USB Type C microphone. I want to say I, I I sort of get it. Like, I understand you two are angry, and I'm not saying it's a good move, but I sort of get it because so many video game companies are like doing it anyway, and it never works out well. Like, Ubisoft expects you to download an app. Steam expects you to download an app. World of Warcraft expects you to download an app. Like so many games, so many games, so many game companies are trying um, the cell phone integration, app functionality, all that kind of stuff. Well, and a lot of what um, a lot of what they've shown in the app is really cool. Like they've shown parental controls, which you actually control from your phone, so you can literally like be at work and be like, the kids better not be playing that fucking Nintendo, and you can go turn it and, off. And that that I, I appreciate because like the the fucking menus and the, I don't know how we use, but the fucking menus and the way. And the 3DS are so fucking sloppy and hard to wrestle wrestle with and like slow and all that kind of stuff. I, I can't stand them. It actually agitates me to use those menus. No, there you are. I know use. But but Bye. there's a difference between like trying. And I I I know that you know this, but there's a difference between trying to uh, integrate you know your your software into a mobile app and like reach out into that. But it, that's a lot different than like replacing actual hardware that you should have made. I mean, that's with, true. With with a phone, like that's just bizarre to me. It's so strange. My my theory is that some like aging Japanese guy was like, these kids like their cell phones. Yeah, let's do that. I is mean, it going to ask me to sync up with my contact list every time I try to play a game? <laughs> I doubt it, but you know who knows. 
Uh, no, why not? You know, the other thing yeah, that... Tell, oh, man, it can, it can link up with Facebook and tell them what I'm playing. It can link up to LinkedIn, because LinkedIn just always wants to know everything that I'm doing all the time. <laughs> Does anyone here have a LinkedIn? I imagine... Uh, like, yeah. 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 I don't know LinkedIn, yeah. I think everyone have real jobs. Have every, <laughs> hey, I have a job, and I have a very, I have a very well-paying job. It's just that these very well-paying jobs come up every so often. You know, I, I, I get more money, but I don't get it consistently. The so I'd appreciate um, it while it lasts. The the thing that I'm most worried about with the mobile stuff is, and maybe they've already clarified this somewhere, and I just haven't read it, uh, but. Nintendo doesn't have an amazing track record of porting things over to Android in a timely fashion. Like, I think I still can't get Does Mario anyone? Run. Um, so I'm going to be kind of disappointed if the system shows up and I can't even use it. Um, that'll be that'll be kind of interesting. So, 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 can we talk about like the one good thing in all of this? What is the good thing? Breath of the Wild. Yeah, Breath of the Wild looks really good. I think I, I hope nobody here can dispute that because they're wrong. Lucio? I haven't played a Zelda well, game. I'm actually looking forward years, to Breath of the so. Wild. I don't see what the problem is. I mean, Breath of the I, Wild, more like Breath I, I was stupid. like I, I I don't know why. Um, but my you know Dave starts just going on about how much he fucking loves Wind Waker, and I I start um watching Wind Waker videos again and remember how awesome that was, and Ocarina of Time videos again, and remember how that was, and Breath of the Wild just looks like. Really, really. It fun. has it has really more good. it has more modern sensibilities than I think we've ever seen in a Nintendo game, and I think that's yeah. something that's worth getting excited about. Um, yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it. Like uh, the the I, idea of like a weird survival style Zelda, it's fucking amazing. I, I, I'm for, I'm ready. For for me, there's something missing from um, Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess in the form. Uh, characters like like if you play Wind Waker, it's a very expressive game, right? And and the the, the style that they went through um, with it, even though everyone looked at the early screenshots, like oh, this is retarded. But you played it, and then it's like really expressive, and you can really get into the world and enjoy it and enjoy the characters. And for me, um, I think that was missing from Twilight Princess and and um, from Skyward Sword. And you kind of got it a little in some of the characters, like Midna. Um, she was like a very kind of bouncy expressive character but you know you look at you look at zelda and you look at link in this when you look at zelda and she's like smiling laughing and, and warm and open all that kind of stuff and and she seems very personable she seems like a lot more she's not just like a stiff sidekick like the one you had in um um in some of the prior zelda games and i i i don't know i just love everything about it i love um the way the grass in the fields moved and i love the way that the horse moves and all that kind of shit it just looks like a really Really good world, like a real a, a world that I can like ingrain myself in. Um, it looks like a Zelda game, but it looks very fresh in a matter. So it's not like you have Horizon Dawn Zero coming out, and you have um, um, God of War coming out, and then Rise of the Tomb Raider and Uncharted Four, and all of those like use the same level of realism, right? So they all look um, like, oh yeah, this could be a, a feature length film or something. But there's something refreshing about the way Breath of the Wild looks in terms of. Um, uh, that smooth kind of animated, slightly associated kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think I to expand on what you're saying, Jay, it's like it, it feels sad. Old, like in general, Zelda is still iterating on the concepts that they brought forth when they took out like Ocarina of Time. Yeah, and yeah, I think Breath of the Wild is the first one that actually feels like a departure from that kind of gameplay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
I mean, it's um, so Zelda, but it feels like an evolution, not an iteration. It feels like an evolution, not an iteration. I think that's like exactly right. Um, and I feel like every once in a while, uh, Zelda will just come out and like just floor you with the way the world looks. And um, even though each one is very different, they all have like this uh, this slight consistency between them. And I think I think every once in a while they push the boundaries. And I feel like that was like. Um, um, the le- like the Legend of Zelda: um, A Link to the Past, and I feel like that was like, um, oh my god, the one that came out for the uh, Game Boy immediately after. Um, um, Link Awakening. Link Awakening. And I feel like that was um, a Wind Waker, you know, with how that looked and how they impressed me. And, <laughs> and Breath of the Wild is the first time I felt that way about a Zelda game in a long time. So I'm looking forward to. It. I don't know how I'm going to play it. I really don't, but you know, I'd, I'd be excited to play this one. Discount Wii U. Just, just keep an eye on those off, those dolphins, my friend. <laughs> There's uh, yeah, I might I, just have to take a vacation in Florida and play a safe ball on yours. <laughs> <laughs> it is looking good, though. It's nice to see voice acting finally make an appearance. Um, yeah, it, it, which is something that I actually like had some concern about, but. Based off that initial trailer, like, damn, like, it should be fine. Should be no big deal. As long as Link doesn't talk. I don't think he does. At least all signs indicate that he doesn't. Yeah, it looks like he's still silent. He talks like an old Link, guys. Because the only, the only thing, like, I, like, I don't want Link to become Gerald, you know? I do. <laughs> what, I what, to... what, what is a Triforce? What is a What's Triforce? What's the Master Sword? <laughs> Tell me about Ganon. Let <laughs> me... <laughs> I've only had to fight him like 45 times at this point, but just fill me in on the details. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I guess uh, I don't I don't have a, too much insight into it, but I guess this game is uh, throwing a lot of wrenches in the Zelda timeline because uh, there are like enemies who oh, appear yeah. in it who didn't actually exist at the time. And so if you're a diehard, so, this game is probably driving you up I the wall. I, 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 it, it's like, like Zelda <laughs> could probably tell you I, I had a full rage fit about the timeline over this game. It's like the timeline is like the fucking stupid. Like it's, it was just a stupid thing to make in the first place. <laughs> like they shouldn't have done it. And and you look at the timeline and it's so fucking um, unfollowable. And you like wonder why the best sounding results, like like Zelda seals away Ganon in the sacred realm and he restores the Triforce. You wonder why that leads to like the most depressing games. Like how do we get into this 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 giant world? Why why is the entire world flooding? Um, so yeah, if you can't tell, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a diehard. I own the um, that big. You have that book, Legend of Zelda book. I have that book. Yeah, uh, the Historia. Um, you would. I I, I have like <laughs> I, I got the, the Zelda amiibos before anything else, and I plan to get the new ones for Breath of the Wild. Um, I own basically every copy of Legend of Zelda, whether I can play it or not. <laughs> well, good. I can't wait for you to pick up Breath of the Wild and look at it. I, that, that that will happen. You know? and, <laughs> That was, that, was my, uh, that was my experience with the Wii, because I changed my Twilight Princess pre-order, but I didn't actually have a Wii, and so I just looked at the box for a week. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is, I've done it before. I did it with Assassin's Creed Liberation long before I had a um, PS Vita. Um, yeah, but that was more like a principle thing. Uh, the principle that, that Ubisoft did you uh, want make Ubisoft to more make... Assassin's Creed games. Did you want that was a to make Assassin's Creed games with like blacks and and women? No, that doesn't sound like me. No, it doesn't. No, I'm no. a full, I'm a full Trump supporter. That's <laughs> yeah. <something> thug. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, I'm looking. I'm looking at like the Breath of the Wild amiibos page right now. I cannot wait to grab all three. Waste my money on that. I finally got a Lucina amiibo. She just came in today. After all that so, time. W- one thing that I wanted to like ask you guys opinion on. But in Super in Mario Odyssey, they have like that one thing where he's walking next to the dude that looks like a normal human. Yeah, yeah. Is Mario not being a human all along? Like, what's what's going I on think, there? I think they're. I think it's uh, they're Sonic sixing him. Like, I know I know <laughs> that, but like, shouldn't like all the other humans look like him? No, because they're Sonic sixing not a human? him. He's gonna fall in love with like a regular person. It's gonna be weird. <laughs> like um, regular princess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm like, actually. The difference I'm really... is like. Sonic is an actual like hedgehog, so he's a different species anyway. But this is supposed to be the same creature. Yeah, no, Mario is like a dwarf or something. I don't know. Uh, it's like some weird like. Def- and what about Peach? Peach is weird, a fucking deformed too. I'm not super keen on like. Okay, here's what I would say. Um, I don't like that particular aspect. However, everything else in that game looks pretty goddamn good. Um, and it also looks like maybe one of the most like original. Uh, Mario games that we've seen in a long time um, because I mean like Galaxy has originality to it for sure absolutely but a lot of the levels in Galaxy and especially in Galaxy 2 you're basically like just going into a world where it has all the stuff that you already know right like it, it has all the monsters yeah. that you know it has our, all the but this looks totally different like he's fighting a bunch of enemies that we've never seen before and using items that are uh, new and uh, bosses that are totally different, and Bowser has a pimp suit now. Like it looks, <laughs> looks yeah, it's so good. fucking weird. I, I you know, I, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and I will say that for every for every complaint that you can levy against the launch library, you have to admit that we are already just based off the first two like major Nintendo games that have been announced. We are already in a better place than we were with the Wii U because the Wii U never got a Zelda game, and the Wii U never got a core Mario game. Uh, and already the Switch has both announced. So in that regard, I feel like they're off to a much better start at the very least. So I, I want to know, say, If I, you I announced a 2D Metroid, I will buy this thing. That's true. I, uh, we, need, we need Metroid Nemesis. But I well. want to say this about, about Mario Odyssey. I actually could not play the Galaxy games because... Um, it's actually really sad story. My mom got me uh, Galaxy as a gift. It's a nice little present thing. And I tried to play it, and that thing gave me um, a motion sickness. I actually almost threw up playing the first level. Um, but bringing it back to the nostalgia thing, I feel like one of the biggest draw of the Mario games is uh, the different kinds of worlds you can visit. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think all of the all of the all the big ones that people remember is like the great ones, like Super Mario Brothers three, Super Mario sixty four. There's just a ton of different kinds of worlds you can visit with different kinds of things going on, um, and I feel like that's what Odyssey looks like, you know. So yeah, okay, so he's in photorealistic New York City, <laughs> but then after that, uh, he's in some kind of weird um, a farce world with like steampunk going on and then he jumped uh, into a giant soup at one point he jumped into a giant soup and then there's and then there's mexico world um (laughs) little dancing skeletons there was a Illuminati world (laughs) with the inverted pyramid it's got it all Uh, really it's got it all really in new york world he's gonna get mugged by a black person it seems no, New York. New York is nice now. Chicago world, no that. That you have to watch out for. <laughs> Ch- Chi Town world. 
Because New because New York because photorealistic New York New York looks like an older New York, a, a gentler New York. The ones kind the ones from like the the fifties and sixties that Green Acres are based on. Do you think he'll meet a, a real Italian New Yorker and they'll reminisce about their their Italian roots? Oh my God! How how we great would it be hope. if you met? Do, do you guys think Tom that? You guys think that Mario got like thrown into the sewer and into the Mushroom Kingdom because he was horribly deformed? Like he got flushed down the toilet by his parents? Right. Maybe. Look at this kid. <laughs> you see, oh I, I wish you didn't say anything because now I'm I'm only going to be happy if Mario meets Bob Hoskins <laughs> in New York. Uh, on an entirely unrelated note, the Super Mario Brothers movie is getting a Blu-ray re-release for its <laughs> special edition, but, but only in the European market, which I find curious. Uh, apparently, American sensibilities—we're we're much too highbrow for that movie. But those how, how, those fucking yokels across the pond will love it. How much heroin do you think people had to do to make that movie? It's pretty well documented that it was mostly alcohol. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, I can't remember I, if, I it was, if it was Hoskins. Hoskins or Legozama. One of them wrote a memoir, and they talked about how like they were drunk all the time filming Super was Mario. Hoskins. Was it Hoskins? See, the Super Mario yeah. movie seemed to me more like an acid trip type of thing. But that's he, interesting. He basically like said he he hated every second he spent on that set. Yeah, he said that he and Legozama <laughs> would just get tanked all the time, <laughs> nonstop. Didn't, didn't they run over a guy? <laughs> I think there might have been some kind of like onset accident. Uh, that movie's got it all. They erased the World Trade Towers. Like it's, it's just, it's everything. It's everything. Let's that see. You Hopper, like. Hopper was also disparaging the production. It was a nightmare. Very honestly, that movie. It was a husband and a wife directing team who were both control freaks and wouldn't talk before they made decisions. Uh, I was supposed to go there for five weeks, and I was there for seventeen. It was so over budget. Yeah, they, uh, they had a lot of trouble. It was, it but was really bad. But Shiki says in the end, it was very fun. <laughs> Well, sure, yeah. It's probably fun being Super Mario or whatever the hell he and was. drunk all the time. Yeah, and drunk all the time. <laughs> it's not bad at all. Any other uh, big thoughts on the on the Switch? I think the other thing to mention, uh, it does have a Pro Controller, uh, but it is a astounding $80 for the Pro Controller. Or is and it, you can or use it, it to play Street Maybe. Fighter 2. Maybe it's 60 um, Not 4, not 5. Street Fighter 2. I should actually probably check on this. Wait, this, that's... Oh, my God. It's really actually Street Fighter 2. I, I assumed it was just like... No, they're, oh, no, they're releasing like a... They're calling it like the definitive edition or something like that. Oh. Um, nobody I, actually does, does it have like, more uh, cami jiggle physics? Uh, no, it has, a, it has violent Ken now. I was right in the middle. So uh, the Switch Pro Controller is 70. Uh, it has the HD rumble. It has uh, an NFC chip in it for Amiibos. It has motion controls somehow, which that could be kind of cool because uh, it's a traditional controller, but it still has the motion stuff in it. So that means you could have like gyro aiming and stuff like that, like what they're doing with the Steam controller. Um, Time to jiggle. And I think maybe one of the more impressive things about it, it has 40 hours of battery life, they're saying, um, which is crazy. Like the well, PlayStation that's, 4 that's, can't that's make it good. four hours. So. That, that is great because I have to hook in my PS4 controller every five fucking minutes. Yeah, I have to, I'm plugging mine in after every session, and it's annoying. So, so they um, got that right. So nice. they got that right. Good job, guys. Yeah, I, say, you know, there's some things it. that they do that are Yay. like amazing, and then they fucking everything up. Everything else, fuck up. I mean, I've said this. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I think that 
I think that they have the right idea. I think that consoles need to iterate because they're not going to be able to compete with PCs for a whole lot longer. Uh, The Xbox and the PS4 are way behind, even on second iterations. And in fact, the PS4 Pro performs worse than the PS4 in a lot of cases (laughs) because no one's optimizing optimizing their games for it. In fact, some of them are going to be even worse on on the on the second iteration because, like, uh, like Neo, Neo, Neo is locking at 720p on the uh, PS4 too. It's just it's, it's <laughs> yeah. a it's a bad idea. They're doing they're doing a bad job. So, to, having said that, the the understanding that like forever there's this gap that's just going to get wider and wider and wider as PCs become more and more affordable and easier to build, and uh, the the enthusiast market kind of shifts. I think Nintendo has the right idea to take something and deviate from the norm and try to offer you like oh like the, the switch the switch at the very least offers something that I'm really interested in. I like the idea of you know Stardew Valley is a great example, a game like that where I'd like to play it on mobile, uh, you know, periodically. Uh, and or, I think that's a I think that's a great point. <laughs> it, I do. It, it, it's is it the right execution? Is the technology that we really want there? I don't think either. Um, I, I, I don't think that they're able to make a device that does what they're showing us and actually have it perform in a way that would satisfy you or I. Um, but having said that, I, I like the concept. I can definitely see a handful of games that I would be more than willing to play on this. Uh, I'm even excited to, to try Breath of the Wild uh, like this, even if it does suffer from some performance hits when you, when you undock it. Like, whatever. I'll probably play most of it sitting in front of the TV anyway. Um, but it is nice to to have that option. You know, I found myself playing I, games I, on the Wii U screen sometimes. So, I you know I I I, I agree with a lot of that. Um, and like Stardew Valley is one I could I could personally say that I wish I had a more portable version of it. For whatever reason, it doesn't play well with my laptop. So um, the idea that I can just like pull it and play, and I think that's how a lot of us you know that's how a lot of us experience. Harvest Moon and Rune Factory, and sure they had their console versions, but those weren't kind of the thing. And Stardew Valley is like a nice game to have anywhere. Um, but I feel like that's my opinion on a lot of these games. It would be nice to have, but I don't feel like a big pull to get it. Like the PS4 had a few exclusive titles that I felt like right away kind of justified it. And yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the PS4 like my 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 list of, of previously played games. And it's Disney Infinity, Salt and Sanctuary, Bloodborne, Grand Theft Auto 2, Watch Dogs 2, Dark Souls 3, and Rise of the Tomb Raider. And I could literally play all but one of those on PC right now. Um, however, I do feel that like like uh, Bloodborne and a few other exclusives here and there have justified the experience. I feel like um, uh, uh, some of the stuff that, that, that they do, like PSN, um, that definitely justifies the experience, and I think this backs up Lucio's library point as to how that's important and how having these exclusive deals. And then Sony finally came along, came around to like the sales model um, that Steam and Origin and all of them use. Like, um, you know, now you can get exclusive sales, and that's how I landed with uh, Titanfall Two and and Witch and the Thousand Night. Um, so I I, I I think I agree that Nintendo is taking some steps in the right direction, but not enough. And there's still nothing that says I must have the Switch. Uh, kind of like I said, I must have the PS4. Um, but I agree. In general, like next console generation, 
consoles will be dead. <laughs> I mean, none of none of those games, unless they can pull something out of their ass. Yeah. I mean, none of those games that you mentioned came out in the first year of the PS4. So, I mean, you know, if we're holding it to the it same is. standard, like when you bought a PS4 on launch, you could have like Killzone, Shadowfall, or Knack. And the Last of Us remastered. Yeah, but I didn't buy. I didn't buy the PS4 on launch. I waited. Well, I know. We uh, still but talk saying, about all those games. But but but, but, we're, but, we're, but my my game my game comparison was supporting the the PC point, not like the launch right, title. Right, right. Uh, I, under, I understand. Yeah, I, I I get it. I'm just saying that like there's still stuff that could come in here and be compelling and uh, and, and make it worth it. And, and like I said, I, I think that it's a good indicator to show that they're already taking. Their two main franchises that they literally never put on the last console, and and have already announced games for them. Like that's a good, well, I, that's I, a good I, sign. I, it's I, a step in the right direction. I, I think, I think I'm more with Lucio that I don't care about the ones that they didn't do for the last console because they fucked up with the last console. I want to see the ones that they didn't do for like the last five consoles. I want yeah. to see. I want to see Super Metroid. Like, I want to see another Metroid game. God damn it. Well, I think, if there was, like, I think if there was a time where it was possible, it's probably now. Um, well, I say that just because this hardware's meant for it. Like, they've obviously always geared Metroid more towards the portable market, at least especially with the side-scrollers. So if you want a Metroid side-scroller, I think that if it was going to happen, it would probably be on this system. I mean, if Metroid Nemesis comes out, then... It probably won't. That would make it be a strong consideration. Probably won't. Probably won't. Uh... I'll do it. I'm, I'm making the pledge right here, right now. If they announce a good 2D Metroid, I am buying this thing. Someone, someone cornered. So not other uh, M2. Well, you might be disappointed because someone cornered Reggie about it, and he said that he'd have that and a Mother Three announcement uh, within a few months. So now I wouldn't be disappointed because I fucking want a new Metroid. What that meant? And I don't see how I would be disappointed. What that means, I don't know. But anyway. Unless uh, it's like Federation Force, like if if it's any like bullshit like that, then the deal's off. Like yeah, just, the Federation um, Force. Let's get that. <laughs> Federation Force. The, the other thing I want to point out that I actually think is is important um, here is that there is a, a a comfort and accessibility thing and and all that in terms of the PlayStation Four. And I was looking at my library for PlayStation Four the other game games the other day, and I'm surprised at just how massive it is for something that doesn't feel like it's been out that long. Um, and that's excluding like the digital titles that i have um like my 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 ps4 library is pretty substantial and i know that like pure library alone um isn't a a sign of like a game of a game console's quality because it can be like the um um uh, prior nintendo consoles that came out and had like really small libraries but they had like some really rich games and that made it worthwhile um i feel like i'm very paranoid of nintendo now because they haven't quite proven they can pull that off again. I feel like with with Wii and Wii U, um, they just like failed, and it's because their games are like so gimmicky, you know. It's because people are so limited in what they can develop for it and all that kind of stuff. That sometimes you just want to kick back and lay in bed and grab your controller and play a game on like a big screen. And yeah, PCs are increasingly able to do that, but not quite um, with the ease and accessibility right now that consoles provide. And um, Nintendo limits kind of limits that from happening. So I think that's why I agree with your handheld point so much, because the handheld point is a good point. But as of right now, as like a general console, I'm like, uh, maybe not quite yet. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, I'll say one last thing about it and then we'll move on, um, which is just that I think that this is the right idea 
with the wrong execution. And I have a feeling, and I could be totally wrong, but I have a feeling this concept won't go away. Like, I think it's something that we'll see again and it will keep iterating. And as the hardware gets better and better, it'll actually become like a practical thing that you can see. I, I understand now why they were so concerned about copycats and things like that, because I, I think that there is something here that, that other people are going to try and grab onto. Unless it sells like shit, but it doesn't look like it's going to. All the pre-orders are sold out. Uh, it's going to do fine. So so uh, Sony just like grabbed a few betas and like duct taped some controllers around it. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they announced the uh, PlayStation change. Isn't that, isn't that just what the, play, the I mean, PlayStation it's 4 2 was? Kind of what they've <laughs> it's kind of what they've done in the past. I mean, they waited a little while and made it made the move, and uh, you know all their other stuff. So uh, it, it's, oh, it's not uncharacteristic of them. Should we talk about Resident Evil real fast? Uh, I hate video pretty games. Much, <laughs> pretty much out of time, but yeah. uh, we can leave it for the next week. You want to leave it for next week? Yeah, think, you'll be man. you'll be done by then. Uh, it'll be really short. And then I have a lot of bitching to do about Resident Evil as you know, well. Everybody, so that's everybody keeps saying that it's really short, and I looked it up, and it's a le- it's almost twelve hours. I don't consider it's short. that really short. Like that's 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 short enough. That's long. That's too long. I, I don't think that that's like that's like uh, that's like on the short end of long. It's extra too long for a fucking horror game. I need it to be like four uh, poor hours. Resident Evil. Game, yeah, would you say you it would reach the Washington Monument? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think it's huge, but uh, anyway, I'll, I'll say this about it. Um, it's good so far. I'd be curious to see. I'd be very curious to see uh, a review breakdown that actually shows which reviewers played it in VR and which did not, uh, because I think that's got to pretty dramatically change your opinion or experience of the game. So I, I, I guess I have one question from the trailers. It looks like they're going with a kind of uh, Devil's Reject slash Texas Chainsaw Massacre type vibe. Does that read so far in the game? Um, yes, although it does look like towards the later stages of the game, it's going to shift to a more traditional Resident Evil. Here's some enemies that we're throwing at you. Like I've looked through the trophies and stuff, and right now right. they've never thrown like more than one enemy at me. But it sounds like at some point in this game, like there's there's a trophy for like strapping a bomb to an enemy and setting it off. So I'm nice. <laughs> I'm assuming that at some point it's going to kind of shift a little bit and maybe get to a more traditional like Resident Evil Four uh, kind of feel uh to it but, but i i i think lucio and i probably agree that the last really great resident evil game wasn't even a main resident evil franchise title um and that was um revelations uh, 2 but now yeah. that i think about it i don't think lucio i don't think you actually played the story mode of revelations 2 no i just played the riot mode <laughs> and that was enough huh that talked you into it i mean it was fun well, it was fun it was a very it was very we went to say jared I don't, I don't know. I mean, Operation Raccoon City is probably fun in the right situation. No, oh, no. I, oh. I, I feel like the the the, the multiplayer in um, Revelations Two was legit fun. It, like, it didn't have to be situational. It was just like you know, you take your character, you level up, you shoot zombies, and it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was it. But I feel like like the story mode that was the closest thing to like a real Resident Evil that we've gotten in a very long time since since Resident Evil Four. I would say. Um, I like Resident Evil 5. Um, I like it quite a bit. I'm not as critical as some people are of Resident Evil 5, but Revelations 2 was definitely a lot closer to like a real Resident Evil game. Mm-hmm. Um, and six, I mean, 7 does not 
look like the traditional Resident Evil game. Looks it looks like PT. I mean, it definitely does. Even while you're playing it, you can't help but get that vibe or that feeling from it that they're almost certainly aping something that was more successful. There's a lot that they're borrowing from kind of the modern horror tropes. Uh, the first like major enemy that you deal with, you're you're mostly just hiding from him uh, right. while, yeah. while he wanders yeah. around an area. And so, I mean, I'm not surprised, uh, but it looks like it's going to shift. And, and I've already I'm only two hours into the game and I've already experienced what I can only describe as two boss battles. And okay. I, do you guys mind early game spoilers? Does it bother not you? At all. Oh, no, Nobody no. cares. Not okay. at all, especially not for Resident Evil. The first, uh, the first like major boss that you fight, there, there's kind of a minor one that's mostly for like the introductory segment of the game. But the first major one, you fight him in a garage, and uh, it's like he, he's like the big, he's the he's the daddy of the family. Everyone calls him daddy, and uh, he, <laughs> that is very Devil's Rejects. <laughs> he comes he comes at you with a big old axe, and it's pretty standard. You just back away from him and shoot him in the head a whole bunch, and. Uh, you know, until you do enough damage. But then things take a turn because he walks over to this car that he has parked in his otherwise empty garage. And with his brute strength, he rips the entire top off the car and then gets oh. it. And then he gets in it and he starts it up. And this feels like a really <laughs> ineffective uh, way to, to beat me. But he basically attempts to, to run you over uh, with the car in like this very small garage. And he starts... <laughs> He starts like doing donuts in an attempt to hit you, and it's weird. <laughs> it's, that is really weird. It's Holy a very shit. strange thing so that happened. I, I, I have to ask now that you describe this. Did Rob Zombie direct this game? No, and I think when you, I think when I describe it, it sounds uh, maybe a lot worse than it is. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think. Rob Zombie's bad at what he does. It just sounds very, very like like just beyond Devil's Rejects. If you're familiar with some of the other stuff he's done, it just sounds like a very bizarre Rob Zombie take on horror. It's really weird. It's it's a strange feeling. Like it's it doesn't feel like traditional American horror. It definitely you can still tell that Japanese influence is in there, um, but no one's like. I, injected themselves with a super virus yet but i mean he 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 chases you with the car and if, eventually if he's, ripping, if he's ripping off a rooftop off of a car he probably already has the super virus in him oh by the way i'm fighting him with a knife yeah that's a good, uh, good assumption i should mention that too so i'm waiting for him to like drive the car into the wall and start backing up and then i run up and slash him a whole bunch with my knife um oh. I don't actually know. I like if, the idea of you fighting a Camaro with a knife. <laughs> I I don't actually know whether or not that was. Uh, I don't know whether or not that was actually damaging him because I I actually think maybe if you just survive the car, it probably just crashes and explodes on its own. Um, I kind of hate it when games do that though, when you don't know if it happens anyway. I've had that no, happen. No, it's okay. Like the old school RPGs where it was like I, a fight had to lose and then you like spend all your potions. <laughs> I was like, oh, I we're have to say to that. I have to say, if like anyone did a transcript one day of everything that's happened in Resident Evil and they popped it in front of, I don't know, some civilization thousands of years from now, and they popped it in front of a student and told them, read that and then tell me what it's about. If anyone could actually do that, <laughs> that's possible. I will say, because... uh, I will say one other thing about it. While the story is more straightforward, it is uh, no less stupid than usual and i know that i know that in horror we need characters to do unrealistic or unwise things in order to 
uh, you know, put themselves in the in the horrific situations we want them in. But let me just paint this picture for you. And Jay, your inner black guy is going to need to calm down for this because you're going to really want to shout out at the TV while I tell you this. Um, okay. But basically, what winds up happening is uh, <laughs> here's here's how creative this is. You uh, get a message from your presumed to be dead wife, uh, telling you to come and find her. That's so familiar. Super original. <laughs> Naturally. Uh, <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, that's how the I'm game adult. starts. Uh, and so you track her down to a uh, quiet to, mountain, to a house in the bayou, <laughs> uh, and you 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 sneak into this house, and um, at no point have you like called the police or anyone like that. You call like your friend while you're driving to the house, and he's like, "Bro, you probably shouldn't go there," and you're like. <laughs> Like I have to, my wife's there, and then that's it. And so you get to this creepy ass house, and you walk in, and it's covered in shit, and like there's a bunch of old moldy food lying around, and it, uh, you see someone, like you literally see someone walking around, so you know you're not alone. Uh, but no- nonetheless, you press on and press in, and this is this is the real bad part. Eventually, you find a videotape, uh, and you play it in the VCR. And they do this kind of cool thing where when you play the tapes, it shows you like a flashback in the house, usually to okay. someone who something bad happened to. Uh, but you actually control it. And, I, and I, I assume they record the tape. Uh, yeah, they're they're like the person filming the tape. Okay. Um, but so you watch this tape and you, you watch these guys explore the house and they're literally like walking through the exact path that you just walked through. They walk into the exact room that you just walked in. They pull a hidden handle under the fireplace uh, in the room that you're in. And they climb down the shaft, and then a guy comes out and impales one of them and kills the other one, and then the videotape ends. And so, what do you do instead of <laughs> instead of immediately leave the house? You walk over and you pull that secret handle, and you walk. Yeah, down, don't do you that. Get, you get down in that basement, baby. <laughs> don't don't go down there. It's don't just, do it. It's it's progressively. Uh, you you just you just keep making these bad 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 decisions. <laughs> bad decisions. And eventually, but you, you have to find your wife, who is definitely real. Who you do? And you there in the house? No, she is there. You do find her pretty quickly, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, that's and good. then she is cut, she hot? She, is she worth it? She's hot. She's also she she uh, she's normal for a little bit, but she keeps turning into like a monster who attacks you. So that part's problematic. Oh. It's just like this whole thing is like it, it just feels like the Resident Evil where they just rip off everything they possibly can from Silent Hill. Um, in yeah. your in your first encounter with her with you, she cuts your hand off with a chainsaw. Um, oh, okay. So well, that's a lot of the whole like, uh, And then like you walk around dive, with your, like uh, <laughs> you walk around with your stump for like a really long time. It, it's sickness and in health. Yeah. Do, do we have like a guy spot. with like uh like a rumbles shaped head or something? <laughs> I hope Tetra- so. Tetrahedron head. I hope so. <laughs> so we'll see. Oh my God. Uh, it looks like, like I said, the the enemies towards the late stages of the game start to become a more traditional Resident Evil mutation kind of thing. Um, I don't really know what's wrong with these initial guys. They're pretty crazy. Their voice acting is pretty good. Um, it it it. It's very creepy. I will totally give I, them I, that. I, I just want to say, people. I, I, I feel like Enemy Slime, as we do, we were very uh, contrarian and cynical. But I will say this. I did admit that Capcom has to try very, very hard to do worse than Resident Evil 6. 
And I really need someone else here at Enemy Slime to play that game. I really do. So you can see, you can experience what I experienced and then agree with me. No, that's okay. <laughs> You I mean, can't possibly do worse than six. I'm enjoying what I'm playing so far, um, but it definitely, I don't know, it, it feels like it probably is limited by, uh, you know, some of the VR design that they've put into it. Uh, I will say the game looks better than I thought it would. I actually kind of expected it to look a lot shittier uh, because it was I always VR thought it looked game. pretty good from the trailers and all that. I mean, I think, I think inarguably it has to be the most substantial VR game that we have at this point. Like, it's the first true AAA, 12-hour, full survival horror, like, proper game game. Uh, so in that I, I, in that regard, it's pretty cool. I you know I, I guess if you just separate Resident Evil out from like all the all the boards, like if you just distill it down to its core series, that's another one that has actually been pretty consistent. Is when you start adding in all the other games that um, it starts to become bad bullshit. Um, <laughs> but I, I you know I I think uh, you know one one is what it is. I don't think one's getting any better. Um, Two was the first really good one, I would say. I, I personally really like Nemesis. I know there are mixed opinions on that. Um, and then four was great. Five was great. Six was the only real mess. <laughs> six. Um, I mean, every, six everyone just... seems to think that like they needed to do this, and I don't think they did. Um, but whatever. Well, you didn't play six. Well, yeah, I know, but like, <laughs> I. I, I just I, I don't it, it, definitely if, if, if I, I I can only split it like this like the fact that seven is so pulled back and seems to take place in one location um, like I'm not sure like I'm not sure if it opens up and if you end up other places but it all seems to take place in relatively one location which is how the first games were you would be in the mansion or you would be in the mostly in the police station that would be it um, but the fact that they pulled it all back. Focused it on one one small location, one small conflict. After you played six, you would understand why people love that so much. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, like like I, I I feel like Resident Evil began to do this thing, and it worked for them for a little while, where they started to graduate in scope. Um, and in four and five, definitely paid off. They paid, they played out more like a kind of um action movie. There was more kind of um. A, a James Bondian type Mission Impossible thing, where it's about the cool locales and and all the cool shit you could do and all that kind of stuff, and it worked very well for four and five, and then in six that shit just spiraled out of fucking control. Mm-hmm. You had you had one group of characters in Siberia, and you had Sherry Burton running around naked in some underground Russian facility, and then you had another group of characters that we had to go save the president of the United States, and Leon S. Kennedy is upset because the president was his best friend. Um, and he's like, okay. And now you're jumping to a character, to a place where Chris Redfield, all of his memories are gone. Um, he's an, an amnesiac and he lost his entire team, but now it's time to go to China and get revenge. Um, and like, it's just like all this fucking crazy shit. Like with all this crazy scope and spectacle and like kind of the quietest story is Leon S. Kennedy. And I, and I use the term quiet, uh, with air quotes, because that's like the one that was the most pulled back and the one that was most like a Resident Evil. And his story starts with a jet plane crashing into a fucking skyscraper. Um, and his story is the one that ends with fighting like this guy that can turn into a minotaur and a dinosaur and a giant fly. And that's 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 the most Resident Evil type story. So after you like realize that, like seven is a fucking glass of heavy metal water. 
It's delicious. It's definitely, it's definitely unlike anything that you've ever experienced before, unless you've played Silent Hill. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we'll 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 talk about it more next week. I can give you some more juicy details. Probably give you a, a little more insight as to overall how I feel about it because I feel like I haven't hit the core like stride of the game yet. Uh, so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, um, I think that probably does it for for time for us today. So th- thank you for joining us. If you want to hear more about Resident Evil Seven, come and see us next week. Go subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or any other service that you use for podcasts. Go check out our website enemyslime.com. You can write to us at contact at enemyslime.com. Or you could go follow us on Facebook or Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. Or you can hurt our feelings. Or, yeah, you could make us feel bad. Why would you do that? Go f- Don't hurt our feelings. Go follow us. So, anyway. Hey, Alexa, play some heavy metal. Here's a station for heavy metal music. Hard All right. Well, thanks, Alexa. Nailed it. Wait. What? This is not heavy metal. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> I, I Nailed it, Alexa. Nailed it. Alexa, you pressed it as This is like Peruvian flute music or something. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Thanks, Alexa, for playing us out with the pan flute. There we go. That's not heavy metal. No, it's not. Hey, Alexa. Alexa. Shut up. All right. I think with that, we're out. You tell her. <laughs> <laughs>